listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Thanks for joining us last week in your thousands to consume the amazing tech insights provided by our expert Richard. Please go back and give it a listen if you haven't done so yet. Right, and this week we're going to chat about the topic of writing and publishing ESL content. As many teachers do this as a way to increase their profile, share their experiences and also build a little bit extra income. Yeah, looking forward to getting into that in a moment, but before we start, I just want to let all of our listeners know that our first exclusive expert teacher webinar will be taking place next Monday on May the 30th, which will start at 11:30 Pacific Standard Time, so that's if you're in Vancouver or the West Coast. Um, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so if you're in Toronto, New York, or the East Coast, uh, it'll be 7.30 in the UK and 8.30 if you're in Europe. Kate and Ian, founders of English Anywhere, will deliver a session on how to create your own online teaching business. So if it's something you've been thinking about or something you'd like to learn more about, please join us for that. I mean, if you want to find out more about how to create your own online business, attract your own clients, build your own schedule, have your own freedom as a teacher, like both Daniel and I are, are doing right now, please join us. Um, not only can you learn more about our stories, but also get your questions answered directly and get to network with lots of amazing ESL teachers too from all over the world. Yeah, spaces are limited. So do head over to our website, esl-talk.com to register. You can also join us free uh, as a patron. Simply just head over to patreon.com slash esltalk. Best of all, you can become a patron for as little as $3 a month and get exclusive access to a huge range of benefits. We look forward to seeing you all next week for the first of many of our expert webinars. Yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of this and can't wait to hear what Kate and Ian have to teach us, all of us, about creating our own online business. Yeah, there's so much value here. So I'm really looking forward to you joining us next week. So speaking of building your own online business, let's talk this week about writing and publishing ESL content. Yeah, a lot of teachers ask, can I really make an income from this? Like, what do I write about? How can I make good content? And how is this going to help me as a teacher? So why don't we share our knowledge um, of this topic first? Yeah, Faye, um, you regularly produce and create a lot of content for your uh, learners through Instagram, videos, courses, um, etc. 
Can you talk me through your process and how this has helped you as a teacher and, and as a teacher entrepreneur? So in terms of my current content online and the classes, like the courses I currently run and, and teach, I actually wanted to focus on this gap I noticed when I moved here, first of all, because I was born in Brazil, but when I moved to Canada, I was already a teacher, but I noticed there were lots of things even my husband struggled with that he hadn't been taught really or hadn't been exposed to but it was the actual like real English we learned or we mm-hmm. actually we spoke here. And I also noticed that from my students because I, I taught a lot of more advanced students or students that were moving to Canada. And they would often complain that like, people would people say it like this, nobody says it like that, or what's this expression and that expression. So my thought process behind my content is more about the like practical real English people use that is not necessarily found in a course book or in traditional materials. I guess there's like I'm looking for that gap in the market in a way is mm-hmm. where I came from. I really like to walk, to work with topics and themes. So in my case, I was working, focusing on students who wanted to live in Canada or the US and work in that environment. So I basically wanted to focus on themes. So talking about problems, um, you know, describing personality. So sort of like, so, so things make sense in sort of like when we talked to Ben a couple of weeks ago about corpus and all that, you know, so it kind of, you use that corpus or that um, knowledge in sort of themes to help students and just kind of springboard from there. Yeah. And that I think has really helped um, to attract students because they see that as something new and different that they can mm-hmm. get, have access to in a traditional course or from traditional materials. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Now you have actually written three different books yourself mm-hmm. and an article, you write articles for italki and other platforms. So what was that process you followed uh, to get into more like actual formal writing and publishing of your content. Yeah, um, writing is something I've always enjoyed and I always enjoy kind of creating content and sharing content with my learners. So I, I guess, you know, I try to decide, well, okay, if this is something that I enjoy and something that resonates with my learners, why not get it out there and hopefully try to make some money from it um, in a positive way. Um, so in terms of the books, I mean, those were kind of projects that I had for a long time where it was things where I, like, like you, Faye, I identified, well, it'd be really nice if teachers had this. So I, I made a book, I wrote a book about um, teaching online because a couple of years ago, we all switched to online teaching and not right. a lot of people know, knew where to start or where to begin. Um, it's a very basic, very simple book, but it's just a, a guide to help students uh, online. Um, and then also another book I produced on grammar again, how do we um, simplify grammar? How do we break it down? How do we make it easy for learners to, to get to grips with? Um, and then another book that I read, wrote was um, a children's book, just something I wanted Which to do really um, nice. yeah. as a side project as well, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of say it's something I've done and just something that I that I could really put my time and effort into. Now, it's not an easy process. And as Jackie will share later, it, it's, it's a very time consuming and it can be an expensive process as well. Um, but the beautiful thing was because I was always eager to share my content, share my ideas, share my experience. Um, that led to me having discussions with Italki who were like, we have this community of 3 million um, learners every month and we'd like you to write some content for us. So I did a, a sample article. Um, it got really good um, feedback and a really good response from learners. So I continued doing that. Um, and that was just, again, through having conversations, having discussions, 
talking about strategies and tips and, and ways to help learners. Um, so that actually turned into a little bit of a, an income, not huge, but a starting point at least. Um, and not only that, like you said, because I'm now producing this content regularly, I'm getting visibility, I'm raising my profile right. and people are now coming to me and be like, I really liked your article about this. I really mm-hmm. resonated with this. Can you help me with pronunciation? Can you help me with grammar? Can you help me with writing? So it's a really powerful tool to just kind of, um, you know, improve your skills, improve your visibility, and also hopefully attract more students and clients as well. And they probably are able to refer to a lot of your materials in class, right? When you're talking yes. to students, because I know I do that with a lot of my articles I wrote for, mm-hmm. for our master's program. Right. I find that often topics come up on things that I, I studied and I wrote about during yes. my master's program and I can refer to it and even send my students those articles. So exactly. something that you're never really going to waste. Never be yes. Wasted. I mean, these podcast episodes I've used for my students um, when I'm teaching yep. and we've referred them, I've referred them to the, to these episodes for them to listen to. And also in a, in terms of um, articles that I've written before, we've looked at articles. Do you agree? Do you disagree? What are your thoughts? What are your reflections? I don't tell them who it's by, um, uh-huh. but generally they try to figure it out. <laughs> and it's quite yeah, interesting, yeah, yeah. The, interesting. Uh, the feedback. So Faye, yeah. um, how do you identify and create you know, good content for your learners? Obviously it's a process, but do you write a script? Mm-hmm. Do you use bullet points? Like how do you, how do you go through that recording or that, that creating process? Yeah, I always uh, start, like I always have like a, a Trello board open mm-hmm. for ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have it separated into like ideas for my Instagram content, ideas for my YouTube, I, ideas for courses and classes and things like that. Or even like mm-hmm. I have my conversation class. And when I see an article that I think is interesting, I just immediately file it in my Trello for like later. Yeah. Um, so I think that just as teachers, that's one thing we can do is just, you, you, always, you can always have that uh, mode on, you know? So you don't let those opportunities pass you by. And if you see something, it doesn't have to really, doesn't have to feel like you're working. You just take note of it, move on with your day. Um, so I start from there. And then when I'm looking for content and my idea, I go to these boards and I'm like, okay, this is one I, I really wanted to get into. And mm-hmm. then I try to develop it more. I usually, I do start more bullet point form yep. and for like videos, short videos that I make for Instagram, for instance, I just. I write them on a sticky note, actually. I write the things I want to cover, bullet point form on sticky note, stick that to my phone as I'm recording it. So sort of like yes. my teleprompter. Perfect. Um, and that just, I don't I don't really like working with a, a set script of what I'm, I'm going to say word mm-hmm. for word mm-hmm. for my videos because I don't find I, I can be as natural. Uh, yep. But some people work better with a script, like word mm-hmm. for word script. And that's totally personal. But I think it also comes over with, with time. With so, experience. yeah, it's, it sounds like, think? yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is, is quite, it's quite simple. It's quite straightforward. Your, your setup mm-hmm. is quite simple. I mean, is there any software or is there any costs involved for you to make that? Or is it just using your phone and sticky notes? Is it quite, quite Not simplistic? Really. Yeah, we talked about tech uh, last week, right? And, and we, we mentioned this already. It can, be, it can be simple. There's not much you really need. You don't really need subscriptions or anything like that. Uh, when it comes to creating the content, if you want to do some editing, if you want to pay for like an Adobe membership so you can have After Effects and whatnot. But I think that it doesn't have to, to be costly. You can just, you can use, even use a no, your notepad on your phone. And I do have that sometimes if I'm going to bed and I have an idea of something I want to do, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep unless I write it down. So I just have like no, notes on my phone. 
So I think that that's something we can all do. And yeah, it's very, very straightforward. Yeah. And it's a very simple yeah. approach. And simple is best, especially when you're starting out, right? right? Yeah. Yes. Now, when you're writing books, it's, mm-hmm. it can be a little bit different. You need, I think you need more of a system, right? Yes, yes. There's considerations you need to make before publishing, um, yeah. or getting into it, and also in terms of costs. Yeah, it can be a lot. Um, I mean, most people starting out nowadays, if it's just a passion project or something they want to do, they generally go down the Amazon route for kind of making their own books. Um, mm-hmm. So there's something called KDP publishing, which you can do. Um, and this this can be quite straightforward, but that's in terms of the the creating of the um, of the book or the, or the ebook. Um, but what will happen is Amazon will actually take their percentage for every book that you sell. So hypothetically, you can get set up for almost nothing. Now you're probably going to, if you're, you know, creating a picture book or a children's book, you can need an illustrator unless you're an amazing artist. So that's a cost you have to think about. Um, right. Maybe your covers, your designs, your front and the back cover, you want something that's really eye-catching and appealing. That's another cost to consider. You might want someone to proofread the book and someone to kind of reread it and maybe give some feedback. Um, that may cost as well. But essentially, it can be quite minimal if this is something mm-hmm. you want to get into. Um, but the in terms of the process, I mean, you start off with a with a you know with a, an outline which develops into a first draft which develops into a second draft i mean writing a book is never writing it's always rewriting and the process is, right. is pretty much constant um and something you might think will take a week might take a month or mm-hmm. six months it just really takes time um so again don't take it lightly make sure you really plan that time carefully and use that time carefully um and really push yourself to just get through you know a few hundred words a day um, because that'll really move things along and if you do it a chapter by chapter approach that generally has worked quite well for me yeah that's a good point because to me it seems like that this whole undertaking is like it could it could it could never end Mm because you could always go back and write more or change you know edit so what you said about having the daily goals or maybe a chapter a week is good because then you just move on right yes you have to move on exactly Now, have your books and articles helped provide a side income for you? Um, how does this help uh, provide towards your teaching business even? Yeah, it has. Um, obviously, I'm not going to say how much specifically, but it is just, mm-hmm. again, it's a small it's a small amount, but it does help. And it, like I said, it, it, give, it pays more than just what you're actually receiving for the article itself. Because like I said, you're raising your profile, you're getting visibility, people are commenting, you're interacting with those people, you're getting feedback as well. So that's... Mm-hmm kind of invaluable. Um, but I would say that, you know, the beauty of writing a book or an ebook or articles is that hopefully once it's created, once it's done, once it's perfected, it's there forever. So hypothetically, right. it should be able to keep, you know, producing income or producing um, leads or producing students or clients that you can work with as well. Um, so I think that's really valuable. And as we've mentioned so many times, if you want, if you are going to work for yourself and you are going to start your own teaching business, it doesn't hurt to have additional sources of income. It's not just, oh, I teach one-to-one. Okay, well, I teach one-to-one, but I also create my own materials, but I also create my own um, you know, eBooks and books. And I also have a group class and I also do. So the more things you have, the more pieces of pie that you have, the more sources of income you have, the more you can push and pivot and go towards different things. Because you know, we, we, talked, we talk regularly, Faye, and we, we meet so many teachers who only teach one-to-one classes, Monday yeah. to Friday, eight till eight. 
and they're burned out and exhausted and they're not enjoying yeah. or being able to put everything into their teaching because of this. Okay. So by doing something that's a little bit different, that's a little bit fun. Yes. It's going to, you know, eventually it's going to help provide some income for you. Maybe not everything, but even if it's just 10%, it's something yeah. you can enjoy, something you can put your time into. And, and hopefully it, it brings in, like I said, it brings in much more than the actual dollar amount you might get for producing the content. True. Yeah, true. And, and passive income is something that we all kind of want. to Yes, do, right? yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but again, you know, don't take it lightly. Don't think, oh, I can write a book in a month and it's going to sell millions. Oh, no. mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. Um, you have to do your research. You have to really plan and, and, and identify a topic that you're passionate about, you're knowledgeable about, and you can share um, a lot with, you know, with your audience. So let's, again, in talking about publishing content, um, a lot of people ask us about this podcast <laughs> as a medium for producing content. And they want you know, I get lots of questions. Is it profitable? Can you make money from it? What do you think? Uh, what would you say? Faith? Um, um, <laughs> I will say that since starting this podcast with you, Daniel, I've appreciated other podcasts a lot more. Yes. <laughs> I've started to support other podcasts out there yes. and other creators because we realize it's basically a labor of love. Yeah, and- yeah, it is, it is. It, it, it really doesn't, it's not, I wouldn't say it's something you should start for the profit because yes. it can take a long time to see any profit. Yes. Uh, realistically, we don't see a profit, right? It's just, yeah. we're barely paying for, for the cost of creating it. Exactly. Um, and, we're, we're, and that's not, we're not even taking a cut yet. So I, I, I wouldn't say that if people are really looking for um something for extra income I wouldn't say start a podcast mm-hmm. uh, but it is a lot of fun and you learn so much from it and I find yes. one way that you can think of it is like free classes almost for you mm-hmm. you know it's like educational for us both yeah. and we make so many contacts in the industry Exactly. And get to meet so many people. Um, what would you say about that, Daniel? Yeah, I would say that it's only just, you know, it's been a year now. And we, we're doing really well. Like I said, you know, mm-hmm. most podcasts barely, you know, barely would get a couple of hundred listens and downloads. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting thousands, which is amazing. And again, I just want to say thank you to everyone who does listen in regularly. Yeah. Um, but only now we're really starting to see any kind of traction in terms of income. Now, again, mm-hmm. even when I say that it's it's like based on it's we're just barely kind of covering our costs, which is why. We're trying to help offer more things and more services and more Mm -hmm. features that you guys will benefit from. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say, yeah, for me, it's been great because it's allowed me to network with others, um, Mm -hmm. have new opportunities, be able to network with other people and be guests on their podcasts or their, um, you know, platforms. And it's opened up a lot of doors for me and and for you as well, Faye. So I think it's a great compliment to what we do. But again, like I said before, it's just one piece of the puzzle, right? For sure, for sure. And hopefully you guys can show your appreciation with our webinars now and, <laughs> and join us yes. on Patreon. We got to do yes. a plug here. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a, yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. Thanks, Faye. It's a really good start to the episode. And hopefully, you know, you're starting to think now in terms of mindset about how we can start to mm-hmm. produce more content and harness our, our skills and our expertise as teachers. Um, so we're now going to hear from our special guest, Jackie Bolin, who is an accomplished ESL author with many great books published to date who's going to talk to us a little bit more about her journey with writing and publishing ESL content. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Jackie. Welcome. It's a real pleasure to have you with us today on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have such an experienced educator and author joining us today. And I'm really curious to hear how you made the transition from teaching to writing and publishing. Uh, sure. So I had taught for um, a number of years in Korea. And um, I just, I guess I remember like it was around in the early 2000s when I first got it started with teaching. And I just remember like looking around on ESL cafe and they had this, like, I think it was called like the recipe idea cookbook or idea cookbook or something like that. Mm -hmm. And teachers would just post ideas for like games and activities. And um, it just, I I just feel like I wasted so much time (laughs) looking around (laughs) for like a fun thing to do in class. And there wasn't like a lot on Amazon. There just wasn't like a lot of um, things out there that were like well-organized and easy to understand. And um, every time I would find an idea, I would kind of just put it into like a big um, Google spreadsheet. And so eventually I just kind of had this like database of um, just kind of fun games and activities Mm. that I would use. And I just grew like kind of increasingly frustrated that there just wasn't a lot of good stuff out there. So um, yeah, I eventually ended up like putting it into a book and um, put it on Amazon and people started buying it. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Mm. Just, I, it was out of frustration with, with the lack of um, good things out there. Sounds I guess, familiar. For me personally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We were just, we were just chatting a little bit before we recorded about our time um, teaching in Korea. And it was the same for me trying to plan lessons and trying to find good, engaging you know, enjoyable content was really tough. So it's, um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for me. So Jackie, um, 
talking about that, how do your experiences, skills and qualifications, how do they help you when it comes to writing and publishing new content? Uh, sure. So the things I guess that influence me the most when it comes to my teaching are the CELTA and the DELTA courses, which I did mm -hmm. um, during my time in Korea. And um, yeah, so all of the like kind of lesson plan books that I write and even like the vocabulary acquisition books that I write for English learners are all kind of influenced um, kind of by that, that model, like set the context and then making it personal and having some controlled practice and then free your practice and that kind of thing. So just the way that I plan um, the lessons has been influenced by that. Um, yeah, and also that was when I really, um, I guess I was okay at English grammar before then, but um, doing the Delta mm -hmm. and having to write yeah. a like full on comprehensive exam about English grammar, yeah. um, it really like helped me lock in actually English grammar and how to explain it in a way that students um, can understand it. And then, um, yeah, as far as experience goes, um, I've taught for 15 years all ages, all levels, all kind of classes. So um, any sort of thing that I write about, like icebreakers for kids or task-based activities or like academic writing or just whatever, I've probably taught that class um, mm -hmm. multiple times. So yeah, it's it's um, yeah, personal experience combined with, with the CELTA and the DELTA courses. I yeah, think. and can make sure your materials are kind of tried and tested as well, right? Because mm -hmm. there's no better way for of sure. knowing whether it works or not. Now, mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite areas of teaching and how did they help you decide what you wanted to write about in your books and your content? Uh, sure, so I guess the classes um, that I taught most in Korean universities were um, like English conversation classes and English speaking classes. It's just um, mandatory um, in Korea for freshman university students to take a year of English. And those are the classes that they take. So um, those were kind of the first books I wrote um, about ESL speaking activities. And, um, but my favorite classes were actually um, academic writing and um, also like public speaking and um, presentations. So um, yeah, definitely like the writing part of it is always kind of in the back of my mind. I really enjoy teaching writing um, to students, even in like speaking or conversation classes. Um, it's like, I think speaking can be a little, it, it's a little bit tricky because it happens in real time sometimes. And mm -hmm. even to do error correction can be a little bit tricky because it's all just coming quickly. And sometimes I don't actually know, do students like actually understand the intricacies of this like grammar point or how to actually use that word that I've been teaching them. So I love to incorporate some writing kind of into all my classes because it's like on a piece of paper, it's in black and white, you can slow it down a little bit and you can actually see like, do students actually understand? Um, yeah, and then as far as like conversation um, classes, um, a big thing from the presentation classes that I did were about like confidence and making eye contact and using gestures and which I think can go a long way to helping people who aren't proficient in a language make themselves understood. Um, speaking with confidence, even if you're not great at English um, can definitely like make a big difference in, in how people perceive you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree, yeah, for sure. And I think when it comes, like you said, Jackie, when it comes to grammar, it's really tough to kind of teach grammar in a book. So it must be really difficult for you to kind of, you know, obviously you can talk about the rules and the conditions and how you use it, but actually getting that across to the reader, I think could be a little bit tricky as well. But um, obviously I've written a couple of, of books as well myself, which we talked about earlier. And I, I try to integrate different skills. Now, I know you've mentioned that it's quite important for you to integrate 
all the skills as much as you can into your materials. So mm -hmm. why do you think it's important for teachers to consider this? And, and for you, why do you think it's really important to get all those four skills in as much as you can? Yeah, I think people have like different philosophies on this. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, my personal philosophy is it's all about like doing multiple skills in a single activity. Um, mm -hmm. I think sometimes, like especially like at the beginning of a lesson, um, when you're teaching like rules about something or whatever, it's like, yeah, you can just do that straight like writing or do like a reading passage or whatever. But the, actually the best activities, I think, combine multiple skills into one, um, especially if like students are doing it with a partner, there's always like a speaking component and then a listening component. It's hard to like isolate mm -hmm. um, those things. So um, yeah, I guess it kind of just goes with your philosophy of how you like to do classes. And I like to do student-centered um, mm -hmm. teaching kind of to the extreme, actually. Like I veer way towards student-centered teaching mm -hmm. as opposed to anything else. So when you do that style of teaching, it's like, it's actually hard to isolate um, the single skills because students are always talking and interacting and working together with a partner um, mm -hmm. in those activities as opposed to just like the teacher standing and talking and the teacher or the students listening and then this one student talks and everybody else listens it's like mm -hmm. it's just kind of a different style of teaching so that's why I do yeah multiple skills but I guess it's more just like um, uh, it's just yeah it goes along with like how I teach in a student-centered way but that's very true like what you mentioned to me I can also I find it really hard to just isolate completely. I, I find that harder than integrating it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, perhaps when sometimes, depending on how you're taught to teach, yeah, it can be that the, the opposite can be more challenging, but I find that your materials are really helpful for teachers to understand how to do that, how to do that integration. Now, as you mentioned as well, when we search for things online, like when you did early on, uh, we see no shortage of books and materials for yourself, teachers or learners now. In your opinion, what makes good content for teachers? How can like teachers identify that and how can they use it to best help their learners? Uh, well, I think that um, most teachers, when they are like grabbing, you know, to some books off the, the shelf in the teacher's office or whatever, in the few minutes before class, they're just like, I need a fun game to work on the simple past. I only have six minutes to like find it and plan it and use it and take it to class. Yeah. Well, um, I think, I think, yeah, everybody's been there. And <laughs> I, I think that's often the situation that the teachers find themselves in. So um, the first thing I try to do when I write um, material for English teachers is just to make it like very organized and very simple and um, easy to understand. And I know that some teachers or some people who like write books um, for English teachers, they produce content that is very specific. So they'll do like a bunch of worksheets or something like that. And it has like a very narrow focus, like a certain age, uh -huh. a certain level, a certain grammar um, topic or like vocabulary set. Um, but I do more like general games and activities that can apply to just about like any situation. Yes. And um, yeah, I just, I think that's more helpful for teachers to look at, like I have a book, for example, 101 ESL activities for teenagers mm -hmm. and adults. And um, I think like those games and activities that could actually be um, all that the teacher would use throughout the semester in terms of games and activities in that book, because they mm -hmm. can actually apply to like so many yes. different um, kinds and of lessons adapted, and different yeah. ages and that kind of thing. So that's just right. kind of my philosophy. I, I know there's different um, people who publish more specific things, but that's just never really mm -hmm. what I've done. I've always kind of just tried to do general, more general mm -hmm. stuff. And the teacher has to spend a little bit of time to apply it to their specific mm -hmm. 
situation but sure. i try to make it easy for teachers no it's that. it's awesome i actually own a copy of that book jackie and it's been oh, very perfect. useful for me when it comes to planning mm -hmm. i'm like i want a little five minute task at the beginning or as a plenary or something to just add in and it's great to just exactly. have that have that to take out of my toolbox and be like all right let me have a look and we can find mm -hmm. something that that kind of fits the need you know i've, I've used it one-to-one -one classes group classes mm -hmm. Um, and I've done it as, as prep tasks as well. So it's, it's really, really awesome. And I like that approach. It, it works really well and has worked oh, well for me. Yeah. I'm yes. happy that was useful to you. Yes, yeah, it I'm was. so happy when I get from teachers. They're like, yeah. thank you so much. I always just feel happy that, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, they, they can hopefully avoid the frustration that I yeah. felt in the no, early, no. early days of teaching. It's, it's great. Um, so, so Jackie, as a teacher, what have you learned throughout your journey in writing and publishing? I mean, you know, what lessons have you learned through going, going through this process of, identifying um, material, writing it, publishing it, and then going on to the next one. Kind of how has this helped you to continue producing good content? Like, are you quite reflective on feedback? Do you kind of do what, what you're interested in? Like, what's your approach in that sense? Uh, yeah, sure. So one thing that I definitely take into consideration are reader reviews and mm -hmm. um, not necessarily the five-star ones. <laughs> I, it makes me feel good to read the five-star ones, obviously, but yes. they're not the most helpful because they're just like, great oh book, gosh. love it, or whatever, something like yeah. that. But usually it's like the two and three-star reviews um, that I pay most attention to. And there's even some simple things like the font was too small or just like very mm. like kind of picky things like that. Well, not picky things. Cause if someone can't read the book, it's not useful. So I've definitely like um, improved my like production quality over time based on those reviews. Um, and as far as like what kind of books to produce, it's often just kind of based on like what I'm learning about or what I'm thinking about. I listen to a bunch of like um, ESL podcasts and always just kind of stay up to date on the blogs and um, do some like conferences and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so it's, and then I also did like the IELTS speaking examiner course. So that was kind of on my mind. So, um, a lot of the other stuff was like born out of that. Um, and one thing that I did recently was a book about task-based activities and mm -hmm. I was writing a blog article about it and I just had to look on Amazon. I was like, oh, I wonder if there's a book on Amazon that I can like, um, just preview and kind of see what they talked about and have a look and see. And there were just no actual like ESL task-based activity books so I just thought oh that's like actually a very that's a big gap um mm -hmm. I'm sure lots of people are actually like looking for this because task-based teaching and learning mm -hmm. is kind of all the rage these days in language acquisition yep. and so yeah I wrote the book I did a bunch of research and I had done that style of teaching in my class many times I had just never written about it before so yeah it's yeah. a really important yeah. step really important step that we talked about is, is research researching uh not just a topic that maybe where there's a gap, but something you genuinely have an interest and a knowledge of, because if it's something you're not really, you know, invested in, then are you going to write it? Are you going to write it well? That, that could always be the issue. And and going back to what you said about the uh, reviews as well, I've had some <laughs> reviews and some of my stuff. And I've been like, yeah. one review I got last week was, oh, there's an empty page. And I was like, well, that's to separate two sections like that's why it's empty <laughs> but anyway. like you have to write this page intentionally left yeah, like i've had I that too where people yeah. are just like what a ripoff and i'm like it's the same price it doesn't matter <laughs> but anyway people have their perception of like absolutely what, what a good value is and that's fine it's fine for everyone to have their yeah. idea of what yeah. that is and this is their ideas are not often <laughs> well i i get a little bit defensive so i have to like <laughs> turn that off a little bit and then go read yeah. the reviews and then yeah it's it's not easy sometimes so, I hear you, you know, I hear you. yeah people real people behind the books right that are out there and what you mentioned that you you kind of like 
purposely search for the, the lower star reviews. That's not definitely not easy to do, you know, and be objective about that feedback. I think I commend you on that. <laughs> but you also um, produce a lot of uh, content, like games, activities, and materials through your website, on your YouTube channel, apart from all the books you've published. Mm -hmm. um, so what motivated you to do that? And how important do you think it is to have these materials out there for teachers to use? Uh, sure. So I have like lots of stuff. Yeah. On those, on those platforms like YouTube and my websites. And um, I want to provide like a free, just kind of some freebies for people out there. Um, I think it's like, I just want to be a valuable resource for kind of the ESL teaching world. And then also in the English learning world as well. So yeah, I provide lots of free content and I guess um, it's not altogether altruistic. I hope that people mm -hmm. will think, oh, like I really, that those were some great ideas. Maybe I'll check out the book that I see mm -hmm. in the sidebar or they'll join my email list and get some emails from me or something like that. So right. um, yeah, I do offer a ton of free content for people and yeah, I hope it's helpful for teachers. And actually I've had lots of old friends um, from Korea who are still teaching and they said they were searching for like, what are some past continuous activities? And then my website mm. popped up and right. <laughs> it's a new nice. screenshot. And it's just kind of, it's yeah. like this, it's kind of this fun, um, fun thing. And yeah, I just want to provide um, help for teachers who are, who just need some good ideas for their students. But that's also a good point you touched on because a lot of our audience are teachers that are moving online and they're starting to create their own content. And mm. what you said is like, it's sometimes it's actually, it's just something good to attract more of your audience, right? Just mm -hmm. kind of give them a sneak peek into the kind of the quality of materials you can produce mm -hmm. and to, to kind of attract that. So that's a good lesson in that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's kind of the standard way that people um, like, I guess the most, I listen to a bunch of podcasts about like search engine optimization and um, right. self-publishing and that, that kind of thing. And that's just kind of standard in both yeah. of those worlds just to provide like a little freebie and like some provide mm -hmm. help for people and if they like what they see then they can yeah look Absolutely. for more just yeah, yeah. get more it's like. it's yeah i think it's a really important step you know you kind of offer things for free and then maybe okay this this is great this is useful i can spend five dollars here i can spend fifteen dollars here it's a nice progression hopefully knock on wood that's how it should work <laughs> i <laughs> so, never actually want someone to buy my book and feel like oh that was not what i expected or right oh, that exactly was kind of a rip -off. so actually i'm way happier if they check out my website first and kind of see first, what yeah. and kind of what my ideas are and then they might buy the book but they kind of know already what to expect yes. and they're not spending money on something that they're not going to find useful so that's actually like I try to avoid that so I try to be like pretty upfront about what what people are getting and um, mm -hmm. what I'm all about great advice so Jackie um could you share with us um one or two you've kind of touched on one already um some of your most popular titles why your audience enjoys them and, and how they help their learners maybe just touch on a couple that you think might help a, a general teaching audience yeah, sure. Well, actually, my most popular one is for English learners. Um, mm -hmm. It's called A Thousand and One English Expressions and Phrases. And um, yeah, I think people just love it because it's like very, very practical. And um, it just kind of hits all the highlights, like at the dentist, at the restaurants, at, in a taxi, in a hotel, talking to friends and that kind of thing. So um, but my most popular book for teachers that I have is 67 ESL converse, uh, conversation topics with questions, vocabulary, writing prompts, and more. So mm -hmm. these are 67 complete um, ESL conversation lessons on a variety of topics. And um, yeah, there's a little vocab section and then lots of conversation questions and then some writing prompts that you could give students for homework. So it's perfect for a class or for one-on-one -on -one teaching. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, um, yeah, the book that I mentioned, 101 ESL activities, there's a version for kids and then a version for adults as well. And both of those are quite popular too. Yeah. It seems to me that what makes those quite popular for teachers, at least, um, and that's good for our audience who's thinking of publishing is that, like you said, because you're integrating, if you buy a book like that, like you said, if you're using it with one-to-one, you don't necessarily use the whole lesson, but you maybe get the, the questions for writing, right? Or something mm-hmm. like that. So there's a lot that you can do with material like that. Yeah, so for you- sure. And people can like take one of those lessons and kind of make it their own and yeah. just kind of use that as like the, the basis of, of their lesson and then just kind of run from there. But you don't have to start from scratch. It's like you have mm-hmm. something that you can um, just save a bit of time for sure when yeah. you're planning lessons. Now, you also host your own podcast, right? Let's Talk Tackle. Could you share a little more about it for our listeners? Uh, Sure. So it's my friend Jennifer and I, um, and we met in Korea years and years ago. And I just wanted to start a podcast. There wasn't actually that many great like ESL teaching podcasts out there in the world. Yours is great. I listened to a bunch of episodes before um, (laughs) I came on this one. and But there just isn't a lot actually out there. So... Um, Our vision was just kind of like to um, just kind of pretend, I guess, that we're like in the teacher's room having a chat about ESL conversation or teaching ESL conversation or how to teach ESL writing. And Mm -hmm. so we do a bunch of those like kind of just like 101 series, like how to teach reading or something like that, Mm -hmm. or how to use jigsaw information gap activities. And then we also have interviewed a bunch of um, our old friends, basically, that we've met during the years teaching English um, around the world. And yeah, just kind of catch up with them. A lot of them are in different countries now. So um, we found out some, yeah, kind of interesting stuff for people who want to teach in the Middle East or Malaysia or just wherever um, the, uh, life has taken our friends after Korea. Wonderful. Yeah. It's really cool. And yeah, that's- it Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's a lot, of our, a lot of our guests and people we talk to regularly are people we met, you know, 10, 15 yeah. years ago. And it's amazing to see where they are now and the, their insights that they have for uh, teaching to English. share it with everybody else too, right? Exactly. Mm. It's actually so fun. I love having an excuse to just chat with my old yeah. friends. <laughs> I guess I don't need an excuse, but just even like my old acquaintances, I guess, that I wouldn't right. necessarily like have a Zoom chat with. But I was like, come mm-hmm. on my podcast. And they do. And it's exactly. nice to connect. It's again, amazing. in kind of a fun, kind of informal way. That's that's the beautiful thing about the industry that we're in. Generally, like we said, Jackie, before we started, we probably have met at some point or probably crossed paths <laughs> at some point in the past, just due to the nature of what we do. So mm-hmm. it's great. So Jackie, yeah. um, where can our listeners find your content? Um, for example, your books on Amazon, your website, and, and how can they connect with you online? Sure. So um, to find all my books, just look on Amazon or like Apple Books or Kobo or wherever you like to buy books. And then you can just search for Jackie Bolin. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll find a bunch of my stuff. Besides that, have a look on my website, eslspeaking.org. And um, on there, you can see a bunch of the content and a bunch of my books. And then I also have like links to um, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, um, all the socials um, are on there. So yeah, you can find it. Wonderful. We'll be sure to, yeah, we'll be sure to link all those into the um, episode description for you as well, Jackie. Oh, Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Jackie, many thanks for joining us to share your journey from teaching to publishing. Please feel free to get in touch with Jackie and take a look at some of her amazing books available on Amazon. Yes, please do. And as always, please get in touch with us on Instagram. We're at ESL Talk Podcast. You can send an email to eslTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website to access all of our previous episodes from season one, two, three, and four for free. And please join us next week for our 
next week for our inaugural teacher webinar, which is all about building your own online business with Kate and Ian. Right. Just head on to esltalk.com or esl-talk.com for more information on all that. Or on Instagram, you can find out more as well. We're going to be sharing lots of details there. Mm -hmm. And don't forget that as a patron, you can join our first webinar absolutely free. And membership starts at just $3 a month. Finally, you can join us on Instagram individually. You can find me at learning with Faye. Faye is F-E-Y. All right, I'm Daniel Teacher. So this wraps up another great episode of ESL Talk. We'll see you in the webinar next Monday and we'll hopefully see you for another episode next Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.